Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's one of the newest Olympic sports, despite being based on one of the oldest sports in the world. Team GB has either won a medal in the event or finished agonisingly in fourth place, just missing out on the podium. And with that in mind, it seemed only right that a new way of bringing a British rugby team together was put together. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And this is Great British Bosses from Anything But Footy, the behind the scenes conversations of British sports. And unlike their footballing counterparts, the English, Welsh and Scottish rugby unions put aside their differences to join forces to form a men's and women's Great Britain sevens team last year. And the women, well, they've already qualified for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. Hi, Kieran Beattie, um, Great Britain sevens women's head coach currently, previously Great Britain sevens programme lead. Firstly, Kieran, you've got qualification for the women's team. The men's team, hopefully, still to come. Where, where are you at the moment? You say you were program lead, but you're, you're now moving back into a coaching side of it. So, where, where's your head at at the moment on on what the success has been on on Great British Rugby Sevens? Uh, I, th- I think the success—that's a, a good word, success. The success, the reality is that we came together very, very late in the day, um, and under the thought processes, if we get together. It was September last year. We finished. We all finished the World Cup. And when I say we, Scotland, England, Wales, we came together pretty much the week after that and we were playing a couple of weeks later as Great Britain Sevens. We knew going into that, eyes wide open, that that year would be tough. We'd, we hadn't the foundations in place, but felt that as an entity, we would be in a better place today and leading into the Olympics in Paris if we got going. We just jumped in with two feet. Rather than wait, have a year's preparation and figure things out, let's just give it a crack and figure out things on the way. We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about some some stuff we're going to continue to do. And we've learned a lot about some stuff we need to amend as well. But it's all good learnings. And uh, where are we? What's the success? The success is we're through that. We're, we've got a team qualified. We were inches away from getting another team qualified, our uh, men's team qualified. 
and we've all been through it. We now know what GB is about, and we now know the the clear path we need to go for both squads. They're in slightly different places, but as a program, we know where we're trying to get to. We know what we're trying to do. So the success, massive success last year. Although it was tough, it was a massive success. And how much of a partnership is it between the English, Welsh and Scottish? I mean, you you worked for the Scottish F uh, Rugby Football Union, I know, uh, previously. But how, how much is it joined together or how much is one take the lead? The theory behind it was we all we all go together. The, the three unions would jump in. We have an equal, equal split in terms of our energy and uh, financial investment. Slightly different, but that's based on a number of things. But energy energy investment was was equal we jump in and we find out what we need to we need to know here and um, we found out quite a lot in terms of there's some gaps in the program and then there's some areas where we were kind of flooded in from the three unions as well so the three unions own gb so we're all seconded from gb from our unions i'm seconded from scottish rugby union anybody from rfu seconded from rfu players are the same so they're seconded from their union. So they hold a, a massive investment into this in terms of their want and a priority for us. It's huge. Where do I think that will go in the future is I think the reality is I think GB7s will grow. It's just going to grow massively. So I think they'll always need to be in a want for the unions to have a massive stakehold in GB7s. But I think the reality is we're going to have to grow beyond that and, and be our own entity and, and be GB sevens, not not the the tailspin of uh, SRU, WRU, and RFU, but I mean that in the most positive sense possible. Um, and and I think the unions would be on board with that as long as there's a pathway through uh, through English sevens, Welsh sevens, Scottish sevens, and we continue to do that. I think that that's the the big vision. I don't, I don't know what that path looks like just now, but that's that's where things are going. How do you start a program from scratch? Uh, I can tell you how not to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big believer in you start with why. You know, Simon Sinek is such a simple concept, a business concept. But I just, I love the simplicity of it. I'm a simple bloke, um, so start with why. First time everybody's in a room, why are we here? Right, okay, this is why we're here. This is how we're going to do it. What exactly we're going to do? I can't give you that detail yet because <laughs> a week ago I was, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. But here's where, why we're here, how we're going to do things, and let's go figure out the, what we're going to do. Um, and that, what that allowed everyone to do in, in having the transparency with everybody saying, look, this is, we know why we're here, we know how we're going to do things, we're not quite sure of the detail yet, but because you know why we're here, you can have the autonomy to push yourself towards that why. And you can make your own decisions within that, and you can help drive this program forward, rather than just going, this is what you do and they don't know why they're doing it, then they can't make decisions. So I suppose in some respect, it allowed everyone that freedom to kind of go, look, we're here to create and sustain the world's best sevens environment. That was our why. We're not saying we're there now. We're not at that position yet. But let's start Let's start this process now so everyone can start moving towards us. How are we going to do that? We're going to push the boundaries of performance. What does that look like to you? What does that look like to a player physio with SNC, the the analyst and it just gave everyone a bit of a path to do that so how do you start a program off under those constraints with time was a massive constraint for us it was a clear vision um 
otherwise I felt we would have been absolutely rudderless. And I, some people might say we were, but we were. Uh, we all knew where we were trying to get to. And where you're trying to get to was the remit to qualify to GB teams for the Olympic Games or... Were you sitting down at that point thinking, right, let's think about what the grassroots participation is in sevens. Let's think about what the pathway is to bring players through. Or was let's get two teams to Paris and try and be on the podium again? It's a really interesting one because what you came from was, it wasn't like there was an unestablished, like Scotland, England and Wales weren't unestablished, weren't successful. Massively successful. Three teams on a World Series, really, really successful. But the reality is the Olympics is the pinnacle of our sport. And we are fortunate to be in that, that sport. 15s aren't in the Olympics. The Olympics is the greatest show. And we've got a ticket to it if we get it right. So how there was a, an agreement that actually we need to actually make GB7s as good, as strong an entity as we can so that we can grow that. And we can actually, as you said, we briefly uh, missed out on a medal so many times actually we become more consistent in that we actually are on the podium more consistently and we have success in between that as well as gb so that it grows and then the game of sevens grows through the uk not just as scotland and then we get together and then we try and win a medal sevens is also changing and the cohesion is becoming more and more professional teams are now full-time professionals so actually the cohesion of the team needs to be greater. So the investment on an Olympic year would be pretty much, we need to be together full time. So actually, if we do three years of prep and then full, together full time, we're going to be in an even greater position. The grassroots stuff's an interesting one. I think that's something we need to grow and is on the agenda, but we need to get the ball rolling. Um, is, is the honest answer on that one? We need to get this ball rolling and make GB something for people to aspire to. Um, we're there to inspire the next generation. That's our that's a big tagline for everybody. How do we do that? We need to get some success at Olympics um, because it's the greatest show. And it's interesting you say about being part of the Olympics and being the pinnacle. Both Michael and I have covered rugby sevens at Commonwealth Games. I think Glasgow 2014 was my first experience of it. It was like, whoa, I mean, this is impressive stuff. But with the Rugby World Cup going on at the moment and the 15s game, that kind of dominates our our media landscape effectively from a from from a rugby point of view. So it's interesting, isn't it, that you say we've got to get this focus right for the sevens and then the grassroots game will come as well. Because actually it's a bit like cricket and, and 2020. You're going to have specialist people who are just rugby. I mean, you're a, f- a former rugby sevens player yourself, but the, you know, there are specialist people and that is all they're going to be playing. Yeah. I think the landscape has changed. I mean, back when I played and was fortunate enough to play, you could do a 15 season, and drop in a week before. You can meet meet at the airport, jump on a plane, do a couple of sessions, and you play, and you're you're at the standard of your counterparts. It's completely changed. So the transition, and it's not to say there isn't transition between 15s and 7s. There absolutely is. And I mean, the, all the skills are apl- applicable. It's sevens is under as a 15s player under a magnifying glass in terms of I miss a tackle, there's seven points gone. Whereas 15s, it might be my mate to back me up. And 
that your fatigue levels, your your high speed exposures, all that kind of stuff is put under far more stress. I'd say it's a far more stressy environment. Sevens, um, there is absolutely transition, but to transition over now takes more and more because there is more specificity and just the professionalism of it all. So there is that time period where, yes, maybe I'm focusing on sevens for this season, or I'm focusing on back into fifteens this season. That's not to say you can't jump between, but your your quality of your output will depend on your time and your experience within each of those codes. I certainly see the two growing together and, and not, a, not a competition in the slightest. I am, I'm a rugby fan. That's my game. It's my sport. I'm probably more of a sevens fan than I am a fifteens fan because I had an experience in it and I continue to have fantastic experiences in it. The game of sevens is growing in a different path as well. It is... Rugby is beautiful in terms of its traditions. As I think you touched on that right at the start. A really traditional sport, and it's, it's a beautiful game because of that. Sevens is steeped in tradition, but actually where it's going is really innovative, really, you know, it's engaging young younger audiences. It's high level. It's fast-paced. It's There's a bit more razzmatazz to it, which is also cool as well. So you're getting this really nice balance, and that's part of the fun of sevens. So... There's a world where both of these actually can help each other grow. Um, 15s don't don't sit in an Olympics. Sevens does, so we can we can grow rugby by showcasing ourselves in the Olympics as well. Before we get on to talking about Paris and and that qualification, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a moment, just quickly, is the women's game then as strong as the the men's game in sevens? And 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 there is that capacity to to play both in the women's game, or is it going specialist as well? I th- I think. Being candid about it is, and we're, we're all quite open about this, is the women's game is accelerating quicker than the men's did. So it's it's on a real trajectory. 15, 7s, its, tra- it's trajectory is huge. Like, it really is. Every year it's just getting more and more competitive, better and better, more professional. So that gap between them being able to go, right, I'll do 15s this week and 7s this week, kind of like what I spoke about with that experience there, that's closing very quickly so they are becoming more and more specialists so likes of this season our group of sevens players have a real it is a sevens focus they happens to be because our seasons Dubai um, Dubai which starts in December till the end of July which is the Olympics there's a period just now where they're going to potentially play a couple of games handful of 15s games but purely from a, a rugby pitcher exposure not to be a 15s player so yeah, it's very quickly moving into that. But we will also transition some players from a 15s uh, environment into ours. But our expectation needs to be such that if they transition in there, they're probably going to be light on certain things. They're probably going to have tendencies that we need to we need to give them time to move in our environment as well. So, um, yeah, it's very quick quickly moving that way. And and we as GB7s, one of our kind of cores is we have a kind of equal pay equal energy on both programs so no one's greater than the other but absolutely equality on both and actually have that live and breathe it and and be that where are we we know that the women have qualified they did that at the european games in poland we know that you've got that world series to come dubai cape town perth vancouver la hong kong singapore and madrid how do the men get to the olympic games so they've now, so the qualification for the Olympics were, there's a World Series goes on every year, as you spoke about. The top four 
in the World Series last season, automatic qualification. Plus, your France, so there's five away for 12 spots. You've then got regional continental qualifiers that happened in from June to, to August, basically. So we had a European Games was our nominated qualifier, as, as you've kind of mentioned. So the girls just missed out on automatic qualification on the World Series. So they went to Krakow in the European Games. They had to win that tournament to gain a spot. They did that, they're through to the Olympics. You then had to finish second or third to take yourself into a competition for the last spot for the Olympics. So we've had all these Europe these continental qualifications. There's now what's called the Olympic Repechage, which is those second and third positions will all meet up and it's in June and they will basically hit it out winner takes all like fantastic stuff for the spectator horrible for the program lead the coaches the players involved but um fantastic sport so um and that's a, i mean really interesting the dynamic just now we've got a team that's basically working back from the 27th of july the night before the olympics we've worked as a for the women's program you're just working everything back from there that's not discounting how important the world series is it's actually going we can make plans based on that you've got a men's team who serious competition in that men's world series like crazy good like you can have the best team in the world get beat off the 12th team and then the next game two hours later go and then put 50 points past somebody else in fifth place it is create like such good sport at the minute the men's competition again for the people involved not so good but really really good sport so they've got to manage that and, and stay on the world series and be competitive in their own right then they've got to go to an Olympic repechage and try and win that. Then, a couple of weeks later, they've got to go, if they win that, go to an Olympics and be the best. So how do you manage that program? How do you get them to peak at 100% now, but maintain that 100% in nine months' time? Whereas the women, we can go, right, let's just get a steady incline to here. Now, what's you could argue one program's actually better than the other, and, but fascinating dynamics. But um, that therein lies the beauty of of running programs like this it's it's fascinating conversations is that why you stepped down as program lead and went back to <laughs> coaching it sounds like that might be an easier job uh I, genuinely it's just i i just love love getting my my boots on the grass if i'm honest talking the detail of it um i just i just really enjoyed i i ended up i was supposed to be assistant coach across both and found myself getting drawn into not that being a lack of priority, which I didn't enjoy. So the fact I'm able to get the opportunity to jump back on the pitch and, and focus, go deep rather than spread really wide is something I'm looking forward to. And we'll give it a crack for a year and might head back into that lead kind of sort of programme lead uh, sector at some point. But I'm certainly looking forward to the challenge this year. This is Anything But Footy, Great British Bosses. We're talking to Kieran Beatty from Great British Rugby Sevens. This is Anything But Footy, Great British Bosses. We're talking to Kieran Beatty from Great British Rugby Sevens. So the women then, we know they're there and you, you can plan for that. Can we better the fourth place that we've had for the last two Olympic Games? Well, I think you look at the last World Series, women finished seventh, seventh in the World Series. And the World Series is... That that's the teams that are that are there and that are gonna that are gonna do something. Okay, so we finished seventh. There is a core group from seventh to third, even 
that are very, very competitive. Um, and I put us in that, in that little group. You put then one and two were very dominant, just purely on results. I think anybody from within that top eight can can pull a result out, and that's the beauty of sevens. It is, like I've said with the men's stuff, it's a cliche, but on their day, anybody can be anybody. It's 14 minutes. You get about 11 possessions of a ball. So if you mess up three of them, another team actually gain, like on a kickoff, you, so I kick the ball off, and I gain three of them back. I've taken three possessions away from you. So I've now got 14 possessions. You've now got eight. It's like, that's a big swing in possession. So there's these little things in a gate in a sevens game that it is a cliche, but anybody can be anybody. So there's certainly a belief there that we've been quite open about it as a group. We can go win a medal. We actually will be disappointed if we don't win a medal. However, we're not the bookies' favourite to win a medal. But then the disappointment comes because look, we're going to have to be exceptional here to do this. But that's within our gift. So let's be exceptional this year. So it actually gives us a steely focus in every moment of our daily lives to, to go towards that. Whereas if we're going, we're pretty comfortable, we're going to win a medal, it's going to depend on what colour. That, that's certainly not the position we're in. We're not the bookies' favourites. Kieran, it's interesting because obviously England dominate from a 15s point of view in the women's game, certainly Northern Hemisphere. So who who should we be looking out for? Who are our main competitors in, in the women's game in the sevens in Paris next summer? Yeah, you've got New Zealand, Australia, that sort of top, you know, again, objectively going, look, they're, they're really strong. Those two are really, really strong in the sevens. And you look at their programme and what they've got, fantastic, the athletes they've got. You've then got the likes of USA, France, Fiji, Ireland, and ourselves in there that are in this pot where we're going, look, we can beat those two, we can beat anybody in the world, but we're going to have to be on our money to do that. And that, as I said to you, the exciting thing from the women's point of view is we can work back from that point and go, right, we've got a nine months preparation on that, <laughs> on that actual 14 minutes. What does that look like? So um, that's a task because it's feeling so far away, but it's not at all. So um, it's an exciting place to be. You describe the Olympic Games as the greatest show on earth. Did you grow up watching the Olympic Games? Because obviously rugby in, in any form wasn't there until 2016. So it's not like you could sit there and go, yeah, I remember Barcelona 92 and a wonderful rugby moment. But were the Olympics something that you, you enjoyed, watched, followed, have any memories of? It's fascinating. We had this conversation the other day uh, with a couple of players. And certainly, I suppose my age, growing up as a rugby player, as you say, that just wasn't on the agenda. But you looked on that as that was still the greatest show for me. I, I was a, only ever rugby, but it was still the biggest thing in the world. And then in 2016, when it, it was like, oh my God, we can actually be part of this? Are you kidding me? It's like, it, so it was always been there. And the fact now we can actually, in our sport, be part of this is incredible. Uh, and the, the feeling around that was, was huge. But I think as a young boy, you know, I grew up going, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to win 100 metres for Great Britain. I'll play rugby for Scotland. I'll captain the British Lions. I'll play football for, you know, I'll do all that. So, yes, as a young as a young person, because the Olympics inspired you, um, it was always in the belly. Just you went down a route that didn't have that on the agenda. Now to be part of that is, and I think that maybe dry, the feel for it is greater because it still does feel quite fresh. It still feels 
like such a gift to be part of this um, and a privilege. And it's a fantastic Olympic sport in many respects. One, it can use a venue that's probably already there. It might be a venue that is used later on in the Games for Athletics, for example, like Stade de France or whatever. So that's a box tick. Two, there's not hundreds and hundreds of people in because it's quite a sort of compact, as you say. It's a sevens tournament, not a 15 tournament. So in terms of that athlete allocation and quota numbers, it works as well. And as a television spectacle, it's exciting because games are coming thick and fast, aren't they? And they are by its nature in sevens, end to end. So it seems a perfect fit for the Olympics. It is. It is it's, it's a really exciting sport. And I think rugby is a complex game. So somebody without any knowledge can go watch a game of football. Other than the offside rule, there's not a lot that you go, I, I don't quite get that. You watch a game of 15s, you watch a game of sevens, you watch a game of rugby. Why was that decision given? I'm not quite sure. So sometimes it's quite difficult to follow for people that are not involved in our sport. But for sevens, it's almost that bit easier. There's just less variables kicking about because there's just less people on the pitch. And there's tries every 90 seconds. There's So there's excitement. Whether you know why the penalty was there or not or whatever, there's a try. There's something going on in the game that's exciting pretty much instantaneously. So great sport. And as you say, perfect for the Olympics. And it seems to have been um, embraced really well as well. There's always big crowds and, and everybody seems to get into it as well. And it's growing our sport and hopefully growing the Olympics as well. You mentioned football just briefly there, Kieran. Do you think football is missing out in this country by not looking at the Olympics? I mean, obviously the women's team went to Tokyo and we assume that they will qualify maybe uh, for France next year. But the men's team are never, ever going to be there. We did it in 2012 and that's like a one-off. Do you think actually football is is missing out? There's there's the opportunity for young players, and we've seen with England, um, the success of the under-21s, the under-18s, the under-17s. Actually, there's there's medals to be won here, isn't there? Yeah, I think there's medals to be won. I think it's touch on the experience and the values of the Olympics and and everything, like even just the small cohort that's part of it, what you gain from that, but what it does for your wider sport as well. You know, for, for us, being part of the Olympics is absolutely colossal for our sport because the showcase allows us to... Like, I, I know how good the sport is. Like, I've lived and breathed it my whole life, but I want other people to see it as well. I'm not competing against any other sport. I just want them to go, oh, my... Yeah, that is, that is cool. Like, look how fast-paced that is. Look at the energy, look at the the values, look at the camaraderie, look at oh, everything that sport gives you. How hard that person working through adversity, the the friendships you get in, on the pitch, and then that that ascends and that goes down the pole and onto grassroots. And kids are doing that on the pitch. You know, they're they're shaking each other's hands because they're seeing people do it on the biggest stage. Absolutely. It's another showcase for football, for any sport to be part of and to do that absolutely medals as well but mm. it's for me it's about the bigger thing and the bigger message you can you can send down the chain yeah you can see why mbappe is wanting to play for france he wants to play in a in a home tournament and he yeah he'll be the under 23s but you can see why he would want to be involved in that just just quickly on on rugby sevens last one from me you mentioned about the usa of course la is the next olympics uh, and rugby sevens is is a is a broader church than just the 15s game yeah ab- absolutely i think again you watch the 
the trajectory of USA Sevens over the last ten years. Again, really good and good people there, good people in the background, growing that game, and you get people like uh, Carlin Isles, a Perry Baker, just purely from the men's game. Didn't quite get the NFL draft, you know, their stories well out there, and then they they move into sevens, and you know, first couple of years, people are going, this will never work, and then suddenly, click, and then they're just their athletic talents aligned with their now tactical talent because they've built on that experience and. They're now amazing for our game. Perry Baker's been brilliant for our game. Horrible to play against because he scored so many tries, but fantastic for the game. USA has that. What they have is athletes. They have an abundance of athletes, and they've got some great case studies where actually you can transition, but it takes time. And that, as as we kind of alluded to, that time you now need to invest in it gets bigger every year because of the professionalism and how specialised it's getting. So... That there's still a case for that, and again, as an Olympic sport for USA, I mean that's everything to, to an American. I've been over there every year. We go with the sevens, and that is everything. Everything's built about their Olympics. So the fact, the more success they get, and say they win a medal at an Olympics, bang, that is just going to absolutely explode out there. And it already kind of is because of the success of their men's and women's team. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing. So they'll be an ent- they'll be an entity, and they are already. You know, we've got, we've got to not just catch, but look to go beyond because we know they're just going to grow and grow and grow. Final couple of questions then from me. We are expecting T20 cricket at the 2028 Olympic Games in Los Angeles. Would you extend an invitation through Great British Bosses to the England and Wales Cricket Board and Scotland Cricket? Come and talk to us, see what we've done, learn from our challenges, our mistakes, if you want to prepare a Great British team for the cricket tournament at the Olympics? Absolutely, absolutely to any to anything, any any sport, anything. I think that's the beauty of being part of Team GB as well. We went to Krakow and we felt it was something, again, through rugby I'd never experienced. I'd been, been to a number of Commonwealth Games. Team Scotland, being part of that feeling, not just Scotland Sevens or Scotland Rugby, being part of Team Scotland was really special. Being part of Team GB was just really really special so I can't imagine what it's going to be like in Paris and that feeling there so anybody that's coming into that family and that umbrella absolutely and I think as I said to you right at the start we've probably learned some things that I'd be advising look watch out for this pitfall but actually here's some stuff that works really really well and here's the power of three unions as well that can that can work in your favour. And just finally, what would it mean to you? And do you visualise it? Do you manifest it being part of a, a squad, a team that wins a medal at the Olympic Games in Paris? Yeah, we do. We we fronted that first first thing we said. We fronted that instead of t- not talking about the pressure. Spoke about, look, we're seventh in the world, but there's a reality. It's not just an incremental step down each block. We're inches away from finishing third we felt um and at times we felt we could we could beat one and two so there's a world here where we're we're winning any color of medal there's also a strong reality where we're not so let's front that we talked about what that what that would do for us in terms of personally but actually the bigger thing for us is it's about inspiring the next generation um especially from a female end and actually grow the game a little bit. We feel we can do that through winning a medal, and we have 
the potential to do that. So we've got to realize that potential. So it'd mean more than just a personal thing. It would be about a, a bigger growth for us. Well, you've inspired us with your conversation about Rugby Sevens. I didn't realise I could be even more excited about the Paris 2024 Olympics than I was before this conversation, but I'm now uh, literally chomping at the bit to get out there and, and see you guys. So look, Kieran Beatty from GB Rugby Sevens, thank you so much for talking to great British bosses from anything but footy. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Great work. Sports Social Podcast Network.